welcome to episode 9 of the Overline Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Martin, and on this week's episode, we're going to talk about the MLB returning to spring training and the Jays and their chances of the season. Hopping into the batter's box with me this week, from the You and the Boys podcast and a former baseball writer for OTL, my good friend Ryan O'Connor. Ryan, how's it going? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I I think the best way to uh, start off this podcast is getting a little bit into the Blue Jays, because that's obviously our team. I think, you know, looking at spring training starting up and the rosters being announced, I think the one main player when I look at the, I guess, 40-man roster pretty much that they released the other day was uh, Nate Pearson. I just wanted to know, do you think that Nate Pearson will make the team out of this kind of like summer camp? I honestly really hope that he does because, you know, I've been um, been watching the guy for a couple of years now. Uh, his, his stuff's electric. Like, uh, not only his fastball, which is obviously like his – uh, his real go-to because it's, it's it's reaching the mid hundreds. I feel like he could even reach 105, but like his off-speed stuff's like crazy as well. Uh, it kind of re- reminds me of Chapman in some uh, respects, but uh, I honestly think that if the team thinks that he's ready, which I personally think he does, because when you're throwing that fast, you're <laughs> you just need to control it and you're fine. So if he has his control down, I feel like the team should really uh, call him up and see how he does in the majors. If not, then you can always, you know, do another stint in the minors. But regardless, he's just a guy that's so exciting to watch for me. I I think you also bring up a good point about the fact that, you know, he has this already this good fastball. And I think he's also been working a lot on his secondary pitches. Like he, I think we saw in the few spring training starts, he had um, – he. Uh, mixed him a pretty good change up and you know he's still working on that slider but even if you just have him even coming out of the pen for the Jays because I think when you look at this roster you see a decent amount of starting pitching but you wonder like what's going to happen with the Jays after the sixth and ninth innings and the fact that you know there's not really a minor league baseball season that we know of right now for him to go to I think just for his development and for the Jays I think it makes sense for him to either be uh, kind of like a middle inning reliever where he pitches two, three innings, or maybe he even gets some starts in. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I didn't even consider the point that there's like no real minors uh, uh, happening this year. But yeah, if um, I, I I could see that guy developing into like a you know best case scenario a Garrett Cole type starter. He builds up his durability just a bit, his stamina. Uh, but as you said, I think it's a really uh, the best move for him is to call him up and put him in that middle relief role that you mentioned. Uh, maybe even a setup guy. Um, yeah, like it, if he starts out as a reliever, as many pitchers do, and maybe even transitions into a starter, that'd be that'd be a great metamorphosis to sort of follow. Wow, I think you just broke the record for the biggest word ever said on this podcast. Metamorphosis. <laughs> metamorphosis. <laughs> I think that's. I am the record holder. Yeah, it's, now we have to beat that. I don't think I can think of any words bigger <laughs> than that. But, yeah, I think... Pull out your Scrabble dictionary. <laughs> get out Scrabble, dump it out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Um, I think you you make a, a good point in the fact that, you know, I, it's just he's he is such a good pitcher, you know. He's been in the top 100 prospects the last couple of years. And that that is what Blue Jays need at this mm. point is pitching, you know. After the draft this year, it's 
kind of obvious that if Austin Martin hadn't fallen in their lap in the first round, they would have been drafting probably basically all pitchers in that draft. Just to yeah. work on... Um, sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, uh, no, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. Basically, what I was just going to say is that... And so you got to work on these guys and move them along. And we can't, like, you can't stint their development. So I think it makes sense. It's also, like, guys like Alex Manoa, or is it Manea? Manoa, Manea? Uh, Manea, I think. Manea. That's how you, yeah, pronounce it. Alex Manea is also another guy, you know, probably would have been a one of the top starting pitchers in Buffalo this year. You look at maybe him sliding in at, like, six, seven, like, like you were saying, kind of a setup, maybe middle inning guy for the Jays. Especially because we don't know how these starters are going to work their way up. So maybe you'll need that guy in the fifth or sixth inning to throw two innings. But, yeah, I think just in general for Nate Pearson, I think it's kind of dumb if the Jays don't put him on the roster at least to start the the season. Yeah, it really all has to do with, like, um, the farm system's sort of management of a guy like him, his development, as you mentioned before. Um, he's he has a pretty killer changeup, and for a guy who's throwing that fast, I personally believe some might disagree with me, but your changeup's probably your most important pitch to really you know get down when you're throwing in the 100s because that changeup just can throw anyone off. You look at a guy like Chapman has a good changeup. Um, some different relievers like you know Trevor Hoffman back in the day, he had one of the best. Uh, change-ups you'll ever see. Um, guys like... Uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. It's um, Anyways, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see his change-up sort of develop more. Uh, his slider... Yeah, his slider could do with a bit of work. Um, if he wants to transition into that starting role that we were talking about, I think that he needs to dev- uh, sort of develop all of his pitches. But for now, like, you know, really nail his changeup. And I think he'll just, he'll do just fine. Yeah, I think since we've talked so much about Nate Pearson, you know, maybe looking more deep into the Blue Jays roster, do you think um, that this team has a chance of making the playoffs this year with the shortened season? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult question to answer. When I look at the team, I see, so much potential, maybe the most potential out of any team in the MLB after we picked up uh, we absolutely robbed Austin Martin this year from the draft um, and if guys like him you know, if Pearson gets called up and Bichette uh, Biggio, Guerrero if those guys all, you know mesh together, sort of develop at a, like, unprecedented pace this year um which is possible because they're all, you know, blue chip franchise turning sort of guys. Um, maybe bar Biggio, but he's still, you know, really high potential guy. Um, if all of that were to happen, I could see them maybe sneaking into a wild card spot. But for now, I'd be fine with the Jays, you know, just missing out uh, as well. And I kind of see that happening. They just need a little more time to develop. But, you know, it's possible. Maybe not in the Hill East, now that I think about it, because it's such a killer division this year. It has been for a couple of years now. You've got the Rays, uh, of course the Yankees. you got um, so many teams in that division that are just uh, strong contenders. But, you know, it could happen. You never know. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm sure you've seen the way that they're... The official schedule hasn't been released yet, but the way that it looks like it's going to uh, shake up with 10 games against each of your division rivals. So you're looking at... Mm. I think when you're looking at this team, you have to win all 10 games against the Orioles if you're going to go anywhere. <laughs> Especially, yeah. like, not to shit on the Oilers. Orioles, sorry, not Oilers. But, like... Like, uh, let's be real here. Like, they have to win those games. Like, they're not a good team. They should win those games. Um, but, yeah, it's also kind of interesting how they're playing the NL East. So they'll have a tough uh, couple games against the Phillies and uh, Braves. Like, I mean, the Marlins are kind of a pushover. But I think it's going to be really interesting. They have one of the hardest schedules maybe in the MLB just in general. But I think, like you were saying, if the young group can come together, that's what's going to put them in the playoffs. I mean, I'm also interested to see what uh, Sunjin Ryu does as a pitcher in the AL East. Like, I know we might not be playing in all the AL East typical ballparks. Like, New York's pretty rough for COVID, so they might be playing in Tampa at their spring training facility. But I still am interested to see how he can handle the, uh, the home run ball, and I wonder what uh, your opinion on him and maybe the rest of the pitching staff is going into the season. The Jays pitching staff is, uh, it's always been like a, um, a reason for concern in the past few years. You had uh, in the 2015 and the 16 playoff runs, that was always our biggest concern, um, especially in the AL East, like you said, got some home, uh, homer friendly ballparks in this division uh, Fenway, Yankee Stadium, and uh, yeah, in the past we had Stroman and Sanchez. Those guys didn't really work out. Um, now, I feel like we definitely have uh, a top ace what, in what it's felt like. It's been like years since we've had one, since Price. Um, and I think that Ryu, unlike Dickey in the past, I feel like he's way more established and less, you know, unpredictable. He's an ERA champ. He's everything that you want out of an ace. Um, and it'll be fun to see how he matches up against, you know, uh, the big, uh, the Bombers, um, you know, the Rays this year. I think that he really has it, though. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. You know, a lot of new names on the staff this year with Tanner Roark and Sorry, Sunjin Renew. I think, you know, they've definitely did an overhaul on their pitching staff since last year where they went through almost over 13 pitchers, I think. Yeah. You know, hopefully that won't happen this year. Only 60 games. We'll have to see where that goes. But I think the most interesting thing with this uh, 16 game regular season is it's going to leave for, uh, or lend to a lot of unpredictability. So I was just wondering who maybe some of your like sleeper teams overall in the MLB might be. Um, uh, I know in the in the AL East, uh, definitely the Rays are. Uh, I don't know if you can call them a sleeper anymore. I think I can because everyone thinks that they're going to make the playoffs, but I think that they can really make a deep run. Not a lot of people do. Um, they're such a crafty team. Um, that the Rays always seem to pull it out of the bag, like. Um, I don't mean to sound hostile, but their fans don't deserve that team. <laughs> like barely anyone shows up to their games, but they have such a well-run organization. I think that they could make a run. Um, AL Central, I feel like that's just that's a lost cause. Apart from the Twins, 
you know, they led the league last year. I think that the Twins really could make a run as well. Uh, the A's in the West, Athletics, uh, they're another sleeper team that I could see uh, coming out of this. That's the American League. Um, the National League, I feel like the Cardinals have improved upon themselves in the off season. Um, they've always been a winning team. Last year, they weren't as decisive uh, as a winning team of, as they've been in the past. This year, they really could take it over the top, I think. Um, and in the West, the Padres uh, picked up Machado. They got Tatis on the rise. Uh, who knows? They could they could slip in. Um, that's just another sleeper team that could, you know, make a splash in the league this year. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I think a team that really stands out to me that you just mentioned is the uh, Padres. You know, they have a lot of young arms in uh, Cal Quantrill, and you know, it's just like it's an endless list of uh, young to middle aged prospects or MLB ready pitchers that I can step in and with 60 games I think having such a long list of players is um, the most important like Chris Paddock is great starting pitcher for them I just think you know they have everything like you were saying like Machado Tatis on the offensive side and um, Eric Hosmer and then also not to mention like the pitching it's just seems like a good combination there and then Austin Hedges behind the plate just Seems like I honestly I think they could go to have a deep run in the playoffs if they uh, hit the stride right off the bat, hit their stride sorry right off the bat. Yeah, that's a team that's yeah they they've been dwindling for a year uh, for you know the past few years. Um, they've always had a really strong farm system. They still do. Um, along with the Jays, I think they have one of the strongest in the leagues in the league. Um, but yeah, I can see San Diego. Uh, they 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 have something special down there this year, as you said. You know, Hosmer, uh, Meadow or not Meadows, uh, Hedges. Uh, they're both established, and I think that Hosmer's set for a breakout year this year. Uh, he's underperformed a bit last year for the um, for the Padres, just a bit, but I can see him adjusting well to the large dimensions at uh, Petco. He's not much of a power hitter, so if you you can just transition um, his hitting focus towards the gaps, since it's such a you know it's a big field there, they have a huge outfield. He could really improve upon what he put up last year. Now, I I think a, another name a lot of people are uh, looking at is uh, Spencer Torkelson, the first overall pick in this year's MLB draft, and you know the Tigers. It's no uh, shock to any baseball fans that they've not been very good the last couple of years. You know, the yeah. that core has been dwindling, and all the better players that still had anything left in their career were traded off. So, could you see um, Spencer maybe getting in with the Tigers for the season, or do you think they're going to kind of wait and see? And maybe if they come up with some kind of like Arizona Fall League for the prospect, they just put them in that and they wait and not try to rush the eighteen or. How old is he? Twenty-one year old. Sorry, out of well, Arizona State. Yeah, I think that that's the best uh, case scenario for anyone who's coming out of this year's draft. Um, MLB is not like the NBA in where uh, if you get drafted, there's a very high chance that you'll be playing um, in the NBA. 
as soon as you come out of the draft, MLB, it's a very um, development-based sport. I don't really care how good you are. I don't care if you're Mike Trout coming out of the draft. You need to develop. Like MLB pitching is just not the same as what you were facing in college. It's uh, You can't really be like an absolute freak of nature in a game like baseball. You need to uh, set your... Um, set some time for your skills to develop. And a guy like Torkelson, he's he, he's really good, obviously. He got drafted first overall. He has to be really good. Um, same with Austin Martin and the pitchers that got chose, uh, chose above him. They just need a little time to hone their skills. Um, and who knows? Maybe Torkelson can be the next Miggy in Detroit. Like, I could see it happening. Um, it's a special talent. Same with Martin, and I look forward to what they're going to bring to their respective teams. Yeah, I think it's um, you bring up a couple of good points. You know, it's not the MLB, it's not the NHL where you've seen like maybe the top couple of picks hop right into um, regular season play the next year. But I think it's also kind of interesting the fact that I don't think the Tigers really have anything to lose to adding him to the roster, like, sure, maybe he will strike out 100 times or whatever over those 60 games. But I think when you look at, from a development standpoint, again, I just think because the Tigers aren't going to do anything this year. I don't see why not. Maybe even he just rides the bench and gets to experience the uh, MLB, uh, not MLB experience, but the MLB uh, culture, maybe the Mm. culture of players like, like Miggy and, other guys that are still on that team, even though it might be a losing one right now. I think it'd be kind of interesting to see maybe him play kind of a secondary role, like split, maybe platoon, get a couple yeah. at-bats, play. But, you know, I also agree with you in the fact that you can't really rush players in baseball on that. You need to all give them the time that they need in order to develop and grow. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he doesn't make the roster either. Yeah, um that's a that's a good point you made. Um it'd be it'd actually be really cool to see sort of Miggy take him under uh his wing this year if he were to ride the bench and yeah, I mean everything you said's pretty true to life. Like um guy like him sometimes you just need to be able to uh soak everything in and if there's uh you know the uh, the development of a player like him is going to be compromised this year. No farm systems are uh, um, having you know the minor leagues this year. So yeah, I, I think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to ride the bench, as you said, play that pl- platoon role. Maybe hop in as a DH, maybe a defensive replacement here and there. Uh, yeah, I could see that happening. And um, same for the Jays, even with Martin. Like, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, I think that's actually, you jumped a little bit ahead, but that's where I wanted to go next. Is mm. looking at Austin Martin, I mean, he hasn't been signed yet. And, I mean, that can obviously change over the next couple of days because, you know, he's kind of an interesting case being slotted at the number two spot and then dropping, you know, trying to find that delicate balance in the salary and, like, trying not to overpay him and obviously the MLB draft having that cap for um, 
for the whole draft and how much you can spend. But I think it's uh, kind of interesting, you know, with a team like I actually, you know what, what the way I want to go, I'm going to go off book a little bit here. I think, I think my big question after Austin Martin was drafted is, do you see, um, do you see him playing third base? Cause he's played all over the diamond. And could you see that meaning that you, you we could possibly see more Vlad at first base this season? Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, I could also see Vlad playing a bit of DH um, since we don't have a strong contender there yet. Rowdy Telez played a bit of it, but he's, you know, he's definitely replaceable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, Vlad has, Vlad's shown that he isn't, you know, the strongest defender at third. Um, In fact, he's one of, probably one of the worst in the league right now. Of course, he's still young. Um, he has a big body. Uh, maybe if he works on his body a little bit more, hone his um, hone his body towards handling the hot corner, I could see that. Uh, I know that um, Martin can also play short. It's just that third base is his sort of designated, you know, natural position. Um, yeah, it could be like a Cabrera... A fielder type situation where you could swap those guys between third and first since you know they're so they're they're both so great as players there's no way that you're going to bench one of them there's no way so um yeah maybe vlad could play dh a bit i could see vlad playing first as well he has he's a tall he's a tall guy um big body you can get in front of balls um yeah like yeah as you said, I could, I could probably see that happening. Yeah, that's great. I think moving on, like I think obviously a lot of Blue Jays talk because that's the team that's closest to us. That's the only Canadian team right now, and yes, that sir. makes that puts them in an interesting spot with you know COVID and the fact that we don't necessarily know where they're going to play. And uh, uh, I think reports were saying yesterday that it sounds like players are being told to come to Toronto for. Uh, spring training, I think, because we're both, we both lived, or we both went to school in downtown Toronto, or live in, like, the GTA area. I wanted your opinion on whether you want the MLB to have games in Toronto, and should the Canadian government let this happen? Um, it's a good question, because I know that Canada has been, um, generally well off in terms of their uh covid cases we've been handling it pretty well um and a lot of the guys coming up from uh the mlb uh i think if they get tested and if they test positive for covid if they uh, wait it out and recover from it i think that it'd be great for um, toronto to host a few games uh be great for the culture Although there's not going to be any fans, um, the fact that there's professional sports being played in the city, it, I think that'll revamp a lot of people, sort of rekindle their passion for uh, baseball. And yeah, as I said, uh, you just got to make sure that everyone's you know healthy. Uh, nobody's uh, at risk of spreading the disease. And if they can ensure that, then I think that Toronto will be a great place for uh, the league to resume at. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because, well, overall, the 
MLB's plan is to have the teams fly to the different uh, different places where the teams play, obviously. So the different stadiums, different cities. Mm. And I think Toronto's kind of in a unique position with obviously having the hotel connected on the back of the Rogers Centre. <laughs> and, um, you know, having so many um, food locations right around the Rogers Centre, it's kind of... I could see like them making a bubble there, but also at the same time, I could see, you know, maybe being a, a citizen, I could see myself being a little bit worried that the fact that maybe every week or every other week there's a new group of 30 people, fly, or however big the roster is at that time, flying into Toronto, and then they have to drive to the Rogers Centre. Like, it's tough because of COVID, but, you know, obviously I want it to be in Toronto, but I think the next question for me about that is, do you think it makes a difference for the fans whether they're watching a game that's being played in the Toronto or the Rogers Center with no fans or whether it's being played in Dunedin with no fans? Um, I honestly think it doesn't make a huge difference. Um, obviously, the Rogers Center is it's been home to the Jays since, you know, the 80s. Um, it's been it's really planted in Jays fans' hearts, like, we love that place. The Rogers Center is pretty much our second home. But at the same time, we've been in Dunedin for quite a while. Uh, we're all used to when baseball starts back up. It's a familiar it's a familiar ballpark that we're all uh, – we all love. I've been to Dunedin a few times. What a – such a nice ballpark down there. I think it's called the TD Stadium now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they just revamped it, yeah. It was nice when I went there, so it's probably even nicer now. So, yeah, there, there's no real reason why fans shouldn't be excited for baseball to come back. Uh, if you're a real fan, you, you don't care if it's being played on Mars. Like, you just want your baseball back. So, I think for the real fans, it won't matter too much. But for uh, uh, more casual fans, they'll be saying, oh, oh you know, oh, what, what, why aren't they playing the Rogers Center? Like, what's this? But for me guy like me, it doesn't matter. I think, you know, this, all this talk is bringing up uh, another thing I want to talk about is the fact that, you know, obviously it's hard to ignore the fact that COVID-19 is happening right now and it's affecting basically everything and everyone's lives right now and it's making life different. And obviously over the last couple of weeks, and even in the Blue Jays Dunedin uh, facilities, you know, there's been a couple of outbreaks in uh, Major League Baseball. Do you think that the MLB will be able to get this thing off the ground, or you think it's going to grind to a halt before it can even get started or even finish? Yeah, that's tough to say. Um, that's, it is a million-dollar question. It really is. It's the same million-dollar question that's plaguing all of the world sports leagues right now. Of course, the NBA, uh, all the soccer leagues in the Euro- uh, in Europe. Um, yeah, it's it's one big question. Um I think that if the MLB sort of really clamps down on um, regulations to do with masks and sort of self-isolating, keeping that one, you know, keeping each respective team uh, that everyone knows, you know, is that there's no cases, keeping them all within the league, you can't really have much outer interaction uh, for the season. I think that the players won't have too hard of a time with that. You just, yeah, this is just a season that you have to get out of the way. Um, Can't really be out 
partying late night anymore. Uh, but yeah, but if they just keep themselves, um, let's follow regulations, follow rules, um, not be idiotic with your body. I think that it, it, it could very well work. I think that players will catch the disease as the season moves on. But then again, you know, that's not the end of the world. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to catch this disease. I'm even at risk. Everyone in the world's at risk. So um, it it very well could grind to a halt. But I think that, you know, MLG, MLB's just got to do its job here. And it, it could definitely work out the whole season. Yeah, I, I think you uh, make a, a good point in the fact that, you know, the players need to... It's up to the players whether this is going to work or not. Because if the players are dumb and, you know, go out and party like uh, Novak Djokovic <laughs> and go and like go to concerts and stuff and get they all get COVID, then the season's going to stop. But if they all like stay in their ho- their hotels and like not talk to anybody like in person or like besides the team and you know just staying in that bubble, you know, I think it'll work. I also think like the MLB has a hundred and ten page document right now going down to mm. even the protocols that the mascots have to <laughs> the mascots have to cover because the mascots will be in the stadium for anyone who's wondering hey. whether there'll be mascots. So um, Ace. Ace will be in the stadium and Ace Jr. might be in the stadium as well. <laughs> Ace Jr. I just I think it'd be funny. Can you imagine if Ace Jr. and Ace just sit behind home plate the whole game? That'd be hilarious. That'd be, just watching. That'd be just watching and since just, since they don't like their eyes don't blink, just like Deadpan stare. Staring. Just don't move. I think the MLB should do stuff like that. You know, up fan enjoyment. (laughs) Have Blue Jays Nona cut out in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that'd be hilarious. (laughs) Blue Jays Nona. But yeah, like you're saying, you know, there's a 110-page document of what to do and what not to do for players, and it's up to them, really, to decide whether they want to keep a bunch of those rules like obviously it's gonna be hard to every little thing be perfect but yeah. i think if they stay as close to perfect as they can you know they'll get off the season they'll get it done whether there'll be a second wave by the time the playoffs starts we don't know mm-hmm. covid decides that but yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be interesting to see but i also think it's interesting going into one of the last things i wanted to bring up with you while i have you is the couple of the rule changes i don't know if you read about these or seen these i just wanted your opinion on some of the changes um sorry i i didn't read up on it what were, what were some of the changes if it was so more recent? i think that i think the big one is that if they're basically if you go into extra innings they're gonna have a runner starting on second base oh yeah i read about that to start one. the inning um so i i just wanted your thoughts about that one that's the main one i was looking at i personally really like that rule and i think the purists are going to have a field day with this. They're, they're ruining the game. They can't do this. Um, MLB's had a, uh, a pace of play problem for years now. Uh, this is a society built on um, instant gratification. And a rule like this, I think it, it, it's definitely a good thing that's being implemented this year. Um, MLB needs to do something about their, you know, pace of play. Obviously, uh, the pitcher clock honestly didn't work. <laughs> like, that isn't even enforced. Nobody cares about that. Nobody, like, 
the umpires don't even really enforce that whatsoever. But yeah, I think a rule like that is um, it's good for the league to be honest. And when you're just trying to get games, you know, done quick as possible, then that's one of the best ways that you can enforce that. I think it's yeah, that rule is very interesting. I think you know it's it's gonna save a lot of arms, especially if like some mm. of these good teams they get into like these stalemates. Yeah, where you're like you're going 16 innings deep. Like I don't know if these teams under these circumstances are gonna have the arms that they can just like call up and be ready to play the next day. So I think when you look at stuff like that, it makes sense for them to do this. And now. like as much as it's fun for a fan to watch 18 innings, when you have a when you have to fly halfway across the country the next day and it's like one o'clock in the morning and you're in the 18th inning as a player, you're not really having fun. Neither are the broadcasters. So yeah, I honestly I, really like this rule. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever been able to like sit through a more than a 14 inning game. Cause I usually have to go do something after that, yeah, at that point. Yeah, exactly. I remember one, one Canada day, I think it was against the Tigers. I went like 18 innings and, I'm a guy who watches the game beginning to end, and even then I was like, hell no, I cannot watch this anymore. Like, I have things I, to do. I, I was at that game. I was, oh. like, I, was, I was in the 17th inning, and I was like, I was looking at my dad and, and my <laughs> sister and my mom, and I was like, I think we can probably go after this out. Yeah, like, time to go. We're, we're going, we're at the 18th inning. Yeah. I've seen, I've got my money's worth of baseball. Oh, you're so, know. so have I, yeah. Uh, I, I love Ryan, the, Ryan Goins is coming out to pitch next inning. Like, <laughs> I don't really want to see this. <laughs> That'd be so funny to watch, though. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I don't... I also think another one of the rules that really caught my eye was the fact that the uh, National League is going to have a DH this year. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can take this two ways about how we like it now and, you know, how it's good because of COVID. But I think the more interesting way is do you think maybe after this, if people like it enough that you could see the National League move forward with having a DH? Once again, like the um, runner on second base rule, this is this all comes down to like the baseball purists and what they would think about it. They would hate this rule, um, the DH being uh, implemented in the National League. I'm not a purist. I'm all for the advancement of the sport and the, um, you know, the maintaining its popularity so i think that this is a really good rule to be honest and i really 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 wish that they would um implement this past this year i do not like the uh pitchers hitting rule i think honestly it's a really stupid rule i think it's i think it's good how um how unique baseball is in terms of uh the two leagues having different rules i think that it just makes things more unique but this rule in particular is a rule that i've been trying to uh, i've been praying that the mlb gets rid of everybody loves the long ball everyone loves watching uh you know their best guys hitting nobody wants to see friggin' cole hamels in like the eighth inning hitting like nobody wants to see that and um this is a good rule for uh as far as covid goes but it's also um i I think it's good for the uh um upping the excitement in baseball as well yeah i i think obviously i agree with you you know 
this rule, you know, there's a lot of pitchers, maybe with the exception of, like, Madison Bumgarner and uh, Marcus Stroman, who could really hit the oh, ball. Oh, they rake, yeah. I I think what, like, they should do after this year is you should have the option at the beginning of the game, you say, I'm going to have my pitcher hit or sure. I'm going to have a DH. I think that would be really smart because, at least for a couple of years, because then you can get, like, the Madison Bumgarners and um, Marcus Stroman's, like, you can still get them their at-bats if they want to at-bat. Yeah. And because they, they can hit. And then when you have, like, your fifth uh, starter up, you can have, like, your bench guy come in and hit or whoever else you want at DH hit that night. So I think it just makes sense because you also don't want to take away. Because, like, when Partoa Cologne hit that one home run, like, everyone was <laughs> hyped. That brought so, like, the you know baseball think... community together for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, you don't want to take that away, but also at the same time, it would just make the game more interesting, like you said, even the going to the back of back of the game. But also, you know, like you said, the baseball appears who are like, well, it's more of a strategy game when you have to constantly like make changes, like subbing out your substitutes, or you're gonna let your sub uh, your uh, sub pitcher hit, or like, what are you gonna do? It's more methodical, but I just think it's easier and more and like it's more like it grabs my attention more having. I don't know. Like, a good example, maybe Jose Bautista would still be in the MLB if there was a DH in the NL. Yeah, like, like... Maybe a team, maybe a team's like, hey, Jose Bautista can still rake. Let's put him on our roster. Yeah, he doesn't have to, like, field. He can just, you know, hop in the batter's box. And I've always been more of an American League guy. Um, and I, I'm all for players who, like, <laughs> just can't field at all. But they can like hit anything in sight. I love that. So, yeah, I'm excited for that this year. Um, And also, that's going to change draft stock as well. Um, Pitchers, I think they're going to become more useful. Definitely, players who are um, more aimed towards hitting, guys like Vlad, not much towards fielding. Their draft stock is going to. increase exponentially it's going to be huge for guys like that so yeah overall i think it's really good for the sport i don't really care what the purists have to say about it because i love the rules yeah i think a, a great way to end um, our time with you is i i know this is gonna be hard because you know picking a champion in any sport is hard beforehand but who do you see as our 2020 world series champions Whew. Can I do a matchup instead? Yeah, you can do a matchup. I'm, I'll pro- I can do a matchup too. I'm calling a Twins Dodgers World Series. I'm calling it right now. I think that the that's a it's a it's a different one. Yep, I know. Ninety nine percent of people would call for a Yankees Dodgers World Series, but I, th- th- there's just something about the Twinkies, man. Th- this year, I think. Last year, they won 101 games. People forget that. And once again, they have a really young team. That means they're only going to get better this year. Um, I, I think that would be a great matchup. Everyone wants to see the Yankees and the Dodgers, but I'm, I'm going off the, off the chain here a little bit. I'm saying that uh, in the ALCS, the Twins are going to win seven games over the Yankees. And I think the Dodgers will win, though. I think the Dodgers are your 2020 World Series champions. I think this is going to sh- 
shock a lot of people. I think this is gonna get a lot of people upset with me. That's fine, you know. I'll defend myself. I think for the on the AL side, I'm gonna have Mike Trout going to his Ooh. first World Series. Ooh. I think just I just think with like Shohei Atani, like that whole team, like Albert Pujols, you know, Mike Trout, like you look at that team, they brought in some help over the off season. I just think like they in a 60-game season, I think they can win a bunch of games, make it into the playoffs, and maybe go for a run. I like I could see them beating anyone from the AL Central, and I could see them beating like a lot of... Maybe they would lose to the Yankees or the Rays, mm-hmm. but I could see them beating them as well. Yeah, and they... Then, so for, sorry, sorry, I was just sorry, about to ahead. say that they, they also added Rendon, a couple other guys, really solidified their team. There's a lot of guys on that team that I'd love to see World Series uh, win a World Series. You know, Trout, Pujols. Um, obviously, it all comes down to how Tony's going to do this year. But yeah, it's a good pick, actually. Uh, I like that pick. I see them sneaking in as a wild card team. And this this one's gonna this one is the one I'm gonna get heat for is uh, my good old friend the New York Mets. Yes. What? Bro. Yes, I will say. Okay, wait, let me explain. Bro. Yeah, yes, sure. They might not be able to hit the ball that well. Hmm. But they arguably have the best pitching staff in the MLB. The Mets. I've never heard that look, before. <laughs> look at, okay, they have they have Stroman. Yeah. Syndergaard. They have uh, DeGrom. Syndergaard. DeGrom. Don't they still have Wheeler? I'm pretty sure they still have Wheeler. And they have, what's his name? Some other guy, but the older guy that had Tommy John a couple years ago. I forgot his name. Oh, yeah. Harvey, I think. Anyway, oh no! Think about that. They don't have Matt Harvey anymore. I was talking about. I think his last name's like Schultz or something like. Anyways, doesn't matter. Anyways, but like, think about that rotation. It's a damn good that's rotation. A, that's an amazing rotation. And then they had. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm blanking his name. The the rookie that hit all those home runs last year. Alonzo. Uh, Alonzo, yeah, mm. P. Alonzo. So, like, sure, maybe in a 160-game season, the bats would fall apart for mm. the Mets and they wouldn't go anywhere. But in a 60-game season, P. Alonzo just hits a crap ton of home runs and they only allow two runs a game. I could see them going far. True. Like, I, like their, their rotation's really good, but the thing about the Mets is that everything else is kind of trash. So, maybe if the rotation... Holds up their part. But you also have to consider the fact that the NL East is absolutely scary this year. This is a scary uh, division. I think that four of the teams will finish over 500, but I honestly see the Mets finishing fourth place this year in the East. Okay. I think my other – because I'm honestly – they're like my second pick because I think it's very easy to say the Dodgers because they're the Dodgers. Yeah. Adding Mookie Betts and the uh, or not Carey Price, David Price. Yeah, and I, it's never been about think, getting to the World Series for that team. It's just been about winning it because they've gotten to so many World Series and they can never just finish the job. Um, they're, I think they're a very well-run organization. Like they, they don't just buy their players; they really develop uh, guys like Belly. Um, Peterson, they're all homegrown guys. So my personal mantra is that if a 
baseball team is willing to uh, put in time towards their farm system and develop their players, not just buy them all, I think that they deserve to um, win a chip. So I really want to see the Dodgers do their thing this year. I think for my final pick, because I think the NL is very like interesting. Yeah, I'd also say the Diamondbacks are be watching for. Like going back to the pitching again, you know they have Madison Bumgarner, they have Robbie Ray, you know mm-hmm. they they just Zach Gallen who had a good season last year for the Marlins, you know Archie Barely who's a decent back of the rotation, and then we look at their lineup, you know Jake Lamb at third, Christian Walker stepping in at first base, Segura, does he still play there? Yeah, yeah, he still plays there. Like that, just that whole team, and Starling Marte in the outfield, and Kettle Marte. Mm. Kettle Marte's just, pretty special. He's good. So I think, like, when you look at those, are they brothers? By the way, I've been trying to figure that out. I have no I don't idea. Think they are probably not. I, I think, think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, mm. but anyways, yeah, I just think it's you. You made some like, interesting picks. Yeah, I think you know you got to go out of the box a little bit on some of these. Yeah, because like it's easy to say Yankees. Dodgers, not to knock on you because yeah, I I tried like, to mix it up there a little bit, but I I I kind of went to Galaxy Brains on my pick. <laughs> That's okay. And the thing is, it always seems to end up there being at least one team where nobody expects them to make it to the World Series. So you might as well. Maybe that could be the Blue Jays this year. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Probably not. But who knows? Probably not. But you never know. We can pray. Yes, sir. Anyways, I think now it's the time. We're getting, we're drawing to a close. So now we'd like to give you, Ryan, a time to shout yourself out. Say anything you're working on. Plug your social social media. Just talk about yourself for a couple minutes or a couple seconds here. All right. So um, you can hit, hit me up on Instagram. That is Ryan underscore Ocon underscore. I'm on the IG. Uh hit up um you and the boys uh we're on all platforms that's just you and the boys we're on instagram as well you and the boys and all i can say is thanks for having me on it was a pleasure talking with you man yeah thanks ryan um yeah it was great having you on you know Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people don't know but like since the pandemic a lot of us haven't been able to like mingle and talk for a while so it's nice to have you on talk some shop like talk some baseball yes you know, sir just get into the nitty gritty for the season it's always a good time I, talking to you yeah that's great and yeah also make sure i don't know do you have any like website or anything for your graphics or what are you doing about that um not yet but uh i'm, I'm just freestyling at the moment but if you need any graphic design work done um i i plug my instagram already Shoot me a DM, and I make logos. Uh, yeah, and I can um, help anyone out. So hit me up if, if you if you want some uh, examples of his work. Look at our logo, Overline Sports. He designed that logo. It's a great logo. Yes, sir. I'm just gonna give give him some shout outs there. Thank but you, I sir. think that's gonna do it for us this week. I want to thank Ryan again for coming on the show once again. Yes, sir. You know, being generous with your time. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no problem. And I want to remind all of you out there to like and subscribe to this podcast. We are on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Anchor, a bunch of other random podcast services I've never heard of before. <laughs> but those are the main three. And I want to make sure that you also check us out on social media at Overline Sports CA. It's where we put out all of our articles. You know, you can check the, the Instagram to see all the latest articles, all the latest on sports news there. Um, our Twitter is also the same, OTL Sports CA. Go check us out there. More up-to-the-minute sports, whereas Instagram is a little bit delayed because, you know, graphics and stuff like that. But also check out the actual website, Overline Sports CA, www.overlinesportsca. And, uh, yeah, just make sure to check out some of our older articles. You can even check out – oh, I don't know. Are your articles still up on the site? I forget. They should be, yeah. Yeah, you can check out Ryan's old articles on the site. He uh, did a lot of baseball articles, a lot of articles about signings that are going to happen this year, affect this season for the MLB season. So make sure you read about those. He also did a good article on the uh, Milwaukee Brewers' new uniforms that hopefully we'll be able to see this year. Hopefully. Um, yeah, so – just give him a quick shout out. Also, all my old articles, you can see those. My um, article on the Hockey Hall of Fame, article on Cam Newton signing that happened last week. And yeah, I think that's it for us today, guys. So I'd like to thank you for listening. Make sure to check out all of our socials, including Ryan. Yes, sir. And uh, have a great day. Peace.